So here we go. This is uh, your Books of the Year podcast, which obviously you know because you've just downloaded it. And uh, Alistair Campbell's full interview can be found exactly where you found this podcast. But this is the Q&A. By the way, I don't know if you noticed that we haven't had any new reviews on Apple uh, Podcasts. You used to on, be on, on the iTunes. Oh, right. It's for, now called something for else. For a while. That's yeah. a disgrace. Well, of course, so the, think... the rule is you've got, to, you've got to leave us a review, but it's got to be five stars. Yeah, um, no one's so, interested. So, so thin-skinned are we that we can't deal with anyone not giving us five stars. That's right, because I understand this to be probably the uh, the best, because there are other podcasts out there about books. But really? Apparently, they're, apparently no. they're all rather disappointing and poor. And, yes. and this is increasingly the most loved. Uh, it is increasingly that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And people actually stop me in the street and say, Do they? I used to listen to, to this book's podcast, you know, and it became rather depressing after a while, so I've... I've tuned into yours. Yes, and I think about saying you don't tune into a podcast, but I don't. Because <laughs> I do. You, you, yeah, disrespectful. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, it is. Yeah, when they've stopped you in the street. Yeah, yeah, uh, quite anyway, right. Um, who's this? All oh, right, Alex Forbes. Have you got the emails there? I'll read I have. This one. Yeah, Ale- yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex Forbes says, "I just finished another great episode of Books. Great of the episode. Year. This yeah. was the interview with Richard Osman. What a fantastic interview! I raced through the Thursday Motor Club as soon as it arrived on the doorstep." I completely agree that Richard's personality jumps out of the pages. I'm already looking forward to the sequel. I'm opening an independent bookshop in the next four to six weeks, and I'm genuinely excited about being able to sell books like these and the others you discuss on the podcast, including yours, Simon. Yeah. Wow. Gone through a lot of the podcast without mentioning it. Yeah, well, Sandra Golding will now put that right. I've just finished listening to Simon's book, What Can I Say? I loved it from start to finish. Yes. Zoe Telford. Uh, does an amazing job of bringing the characters to life, including all the accents. So she does the accents as well. Oh, right. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, Simon's writing kept me guessing till the final moment, and I'm looking forward to the sequel. Now, so sequel. Is there going to be a sequel? Are you thinking about a sequel? I am. I'm writing something else at the moment, which has got nothing to do with Knife Edge, the current book. Um, but I'm I am I am quite tempted to uh, to do a follow up. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, I think so, definitely. Well, I mean, well, just I mean, the central character. Absolutely, you want to hear more from her, don't you? I think definitely you want to do more. Francis Crossland says, "What a great bargain in Sainsbury's your book is. So I'm only six pounds. Six quid. Wow." Truth Detective says, "I got mine for a fiver in Asda." So you know, head to Asda. Jenny and Robin Hughes. I got mine for a pound in Poundland. <laughs> it was it was next to the Steven Seagal DVD retrospective. I oh. think it's a gag. <laughs> I think it's a gag. No. Anyway, there comes going, a point where it's insulting. It is. I mean, I remember going into a Poundland once and not knowing that I was in a Poundland, and so I, I, my wife had asked for um, one of those sort of electric fans, and so I went up to the cashier and I said, "How much are these?" And she like looked at me and was like, a pound. I was like, oh, right, okay. And then came back with some batteries. And I said, I can't find a price on these either. How much are they? And she was Duh. like, are you taking the mickey? It's a pound. Sunshine. And was, yes, and I thought she was being rude until I went out of the shop and looked at the sign above the door, pound land. I'd also, I'd like to thank the strimmers for keeping going throughout this podcast so that we don't have any continuity errors. Yes. Yes, thanks very much. You'd have thought, however big the grass is, it must be cut at least eight times Surely. by now. Surely. Okay, stand by. Alistair is on the way. Alistair Campbell's on the way. And uh, please get in touch once you've uh, once you've listened to it and praise us to the skies. That's... <laughs> this is the Q&A. 
section where Matt and I will do alternate questions because Alistair is poised and ready to go. So here we go. Question number one. Alistair Campbell, what was the last book you really, really enjoyed? Uh, can I have two? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, the Fatal Shore by Robert Hughes, History of Australia. I mean, it's a classic in Australia, but I, and, and that was where I was when I when I picked it up, and it was it's just it's just a mind blowingly well researched and beautifully written history of the foundation of Australia uh, and the story of the you know the Brits who went who were sent out there and and all the stuff that happens to him. Fantastic book. Anybody who wants to understand Australia should read that book. And then more recently. Um, and I really, really don't want to show off here, but it's in German. Is that okay? <laughs> oh, go on. And it's, oh, called, it, it's called Ich mag wenn's kracht. And it's written by a guy called Raphael Honigstein, and it's the biography oh, yeah. of Jürgen Klopp. Yeah. Yes, yeah. indeed. I've got, oh, well, obviously, go. I've, got the, I've got the English version of that. It's a great book, yeah. Well, I'm book. doing I'm, – uh, I did German at university, but unlike my French, which I've kept up, I've never really kept up my German, so I'm doing this – I'm doing a Goethe Institute course at the moment, so I'm reading a lot of German. And I picked, we went, we actually went to Germany during the summer, and I picked this up. And uh, Klopp is such an interesting guy. I love reading sports biographies, and most of them are crap. This is a really good one. No, it is. I um, just fun. before Matt chips in with a question, and I know he's all full of his Liverpoolness uh, <laughs> and everything. But I, I always wish I'd studied, I'd studied German for one year, and I wish I'd carried on doing it because I. I think it's a fantastic language. And, I love it. Um, I love it. Why, when why, we were there, why? when we were there, and Fiona, my partner, we when we were there, and we were we were going to these restaurants and stuff, and and they would say, "Do you want the menu auf Deutsch or auf English?" And I'd say auf Deutsch, and because I wanted to practice my German. And at one point, Fiona literally, as she heard me talking to this waiter, she literally did say that thing of saying, "You really just have to put en on the end of every word, don't you?" Because <laughs> I had said something about you know that's uh, vasi. <clears throat> Uh, ich hätte ma ich ich müsste uh, ich müsste gehen sollen. One of those sort of you know you, you put three or four together. But I'm loving my German. I've got an online tutor called Andrea in Leipzig. I send her through my Beitrag every week. I listen to the Spiegel podcast every morning, and I'm reading uh, I'm reading German books, and that's the best one I've read so far. Wow, my favourite German word, just before Matt comes in with his question, is definitely, I love the German compound words particularly. Yeah. And Matt will be familiar with my love yeah, for this word, yeah. which was just particularly relevant a couple of years ago. Anyway, the, the, the compound word is Verschlimbesserung, which is an improvement which makes things worse. And somehow. Verschlimbesserung, <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Verschlimbesserung, <laughs> great. Okay, there you go. So it's just, there are so people in education, people in any big organization will go, yes. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Matt. Correct. Okay, um, Alistair, a book you would like to step inside of? Right. I've, I'm choosing a book here. It's called De Gaulle, as in Charles De Gaulle. Yeah. It's written by a guy called Aidan Crawley who you may remember, he ran uh, London Weekend Television. He was also, I think I'm right in saying, he was the only person who was elected to Parliament both as a Labour MP and a Tory MP. He didn't defect. He actually stood separately. Um, and he's written this book about de Gaulle. God knows when it was written. I actually picked it up in a market stall in France. But the reason I'd like to step into it, oh, it's published 69, it says. That one might have been republished. The reason it's, I'd like to step into it is because it records some absolutely extraordinary meetings between de Gaulle and Churchill. And I don't know why nobody has made a feature film 
just about that. So if anybody out there in the film world thinks there's a film to be made about de Gaulle and Churchill's relationship, I strongly recommend that you get this 60 shillings it cost, uh, this book by Aidan Crawley. That seems that pretty th- steep. 60 shillings? That's like, Is that that's three quid? Yeah. No, that's, yeah, it's three quid, yeah. Good that's all right. That's it's a hardback <laughs> with it's got pictures. Wow. It's actually got some incredible pictures as well. There's a one I'm looking at one now of De Gaulle and Churchill standing in front of a tank alongside uh, General Sikorsky and Churchill's there with his bowler hat and his cigar and De Gaulle is standing there looking like we all know De Gaulle to stand but he but he's just got a fag in his hand and there's something very inferior about a fag alongside a massive great cigar coming out of Churchill's mouth. Anyway, it's a what, great, it's a, it's a beautifully written and incredibly well-researched book. What is your favourite sports book? Uh, I've got two, one fiction, one non-fiction. Is that allowed? Yeah. Yes. Um, my favourite sports novel, and it's amazing how old this is now, is This Sporting Life by David Story. Oh, yeah. And there are so few good novels about sport. I like to think I've written one of them with, uh, with Paul Fletcher. We wrote, wrote a talk about football called Saturday Bloody Saturday. This was first published in Great Britain in 1960. And I grew up in, so I was three then, I grew up in Keithley in Yorkshire where rugby league was the, you know, the main professional, the only professional sport there. And this is a story of, of, of Arthur Machen, who's a, a rugby league player in a really, really, really tough time in the game in a tough environment. Um, and it's, it's just, I mean, gritty doesn't even do it justice, but it's, you, you know, you may remember the Richard Harris, I think it was played yep. in the film, wasn't it? Yep. Um, but it's an absolutely wonderful portrayal of a certain period in Northern, it's not just sporting history, but Northern, Northern life. What's the other one? What's the non-fiction? The, the other one is, a like I said earlier, I like sports biographies, but most of them just really aren't very good. And this is a book called Beneath the Waves, and it's by a woman called Lane yeah. Beachley. And Lane Beachley was uh, a world champion surfer, and she's, um, she's Australian. But what's extraordinary, why I love this book, apart, she, I interviewed her when I wrote about winners. I did a book called Winners, and, and she was one of my favourite interviewees because the first, her childhood and her upbringing is like a really kind of harrowing misery memoir. Uh, I mean you know, just horrific what she went through as a child. And then she kind of discovers this sort of sense of herself in the water. She becomes um, a surfer. She becomes probably the greatest female surfer, certainly of her age and possibly of all time. She then retires. She then does the classic Frank Sinatra thing of, you know, I'm still the best there is. I'll give it another go. Everybody advises her not to do it. But she does it, she goes back, she wins the world title again, and then there's this wonderful moment as she, as she wins it and comes out of the water and she sort of says to herself that, you know, for the first time in her life she felt, felt a sense of fulfilment. Um, amazing woman and a really, 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 really written book. Brilliant book, yeah. I'm, I'm currently judging the Sports Book of the Year Award. And, oh, wow. Uh, so I've read like well over 100 books this year. And yeah. one of them, um, and this is no clue as to who's going to win or whatever, but one of them contains, I think, the best line 
I have read anywhere in any literature, certainly over the last year. And it's a book, in a book called um, Raised a Warrior by Susie Petricelli, who's, who's an American um, soccer player, football player. Yeah. And yeah. she talks, basically the book is about her relationship with her, with her father. It contains this line, which I, as soon as I read it, I thought, oh my God. It's um, so the bleachers, obviously, in American sport, for those that don't know, that's where you sit. Uh, it's like the terraces in this country. And she said, this is the line. I was sat on the bleachers sucking on a popsicle the first time I saw my father almost beat a man to death. And you're like, oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, uh, political memoirs, they tend to be pretty like score settling, self-serving. Uh, do you have a favourite? Uh, difficult, difficult. Um, I, I mean, the obvious one, but then I don't know whether this is because he's a great book or because he's a great man, is Mandela Long Walk to Freedom, um, which is a beautiful book. Um, so if I, if probably if you said you can only take one book away with you, it might be that one. My favourite book on politics ever written was Doris Kearns Goodwin, Team of Rivals, about Lincoln and how he became president and how he built his team. I think it, it should be compulsory reading for anybody who ever thinks that they're capable of being president or prime minister without building a team, brackets Trump and Johnson take note. Mm. Um, and an interesting one, I'm pushing my luck, pushing my luck now, but George <laughs> Bush's... It's not going to be about you, is it? Oh, right, okay. No, well, my diaries obviously <laughs> are absolutely fantastic. Uh, George W. Bush, his book, Decision Points, was actually a, one of the more interesting memoirs because... He didn't write a kind of classic bog standard, as you say, self-justificatory mem memoir. What he did was he took big decisions that he had taken throughout his life and he wrote a chapter about them. And they, So, for example, why he married the woman that he married, why he stopped drinking, why he bought the sports club that he did. And then, of course, why he ran for office, why he did Iraq. Um, you know, so so he's, he basically it's decision points, but it's just a very interesting way of telling a telling a, a, a life story. So I, I, I'd, I'd say that one's up there. And then if I am allowed one set of diaries, it probably would be Alan Clark. Yes, which were uh, <laughs> certainly very entertaining. Um, how long do you give a book, Alistair? Do you always finish it or do you have a kind of like, if it doesn't get you in 50 pages? Oh, not even 50. Um, if it doesn't get me in 10. Yeah. Uh, Fiona, my partner, is, I mean, I don't know how she does it, right? She will start a book. She's doing it at the moment with that book about the East India Company. Where, oh, William Dalrymple, was it? Yeah, well, she sort of, she's, she, she's, she's sort of says to me, I'm determined to finish this. I said, well, you enjoy it? No, not really. But then I'm determined to finish this. And I'm thinking, why? Mm. You know, it's like going to the dentist. If you're in the dentist chair and you're allowed to leave without actually having the pain, wouldn't you do it? So she she will never start a book and not finish it. I I have regularly. I, I would say I finish sixty percent of the books I start. Oh, okay. That seems yeah. that seems fair. Um, describe for us your book collection. Then, what would we find if we stepped into your house? Uh, a lot of political hardbacks. A lot of um, quite a lot of German. Quite a lot of French. Uh, a lot of sport, um, the entire Virago collection, which is Fiona's, um, and a lot of, I'm just looking now, how would I describe them? Yeah, a lot of novels, a lot of novels. Uh, but yeah, politics, sport, French, German, 
novels. Which books uh, would stand out from your childhood, either ones that you read uh, of your own volition, Alistair, or books that were read to you? I'm, I'm going for Urwali and the Bruins. Oh, superb, yeah. Um, and the reason is, and also maybe Charlie Buckham's annual as well, football annual. My mum's sister, my auntie Nan, she used to send us, we lived in, in England, she lived in Scotland, she used to send us the Bruins and Urwali for Christmas every year. And um, it was one of the highlights of Christmas. And I, and I, still, I still have a little dip in the Sunday Post. Um, so that's what I'm going for. The Bruins or Wally and Charlie Buckins Football Annual. Didn't Private Eye do a, uh, like a Gordon Brown version of the Bruins? Yeah, they did, yeah. They did, yeah. Very good. It's not those Bruins. No. Um, is there a hidden gem of a place where you go and do all your research? Not really, but I'll tell you what I do. I write a hell of a lot, or I did before, when we were allowed to travel. Trains and planes. I love writing on trains and planes. Wow, that's um, a, you've got to be the first person who said that. So what what really? is it about trains and planes where you write? Well, do you know what? Even though you can now get Wi-Fi on planes, whenever I get on a plane, I, I've programmed myself just to read and write and nothing else on the plane. So I won't do, you know, even and I, I, I won't get the Wi-Fi. Um, I've, I've written a lot on planes and, and, and there's something about trains. I don't know about something about the movement or sometimes something just, just the fact that you've got time and you're there and you're trapped and you've got, you know, you can be distracted if you want to be, but I'm just very, I'm very disciplined and very good about getting on a train or getting on a plane and saying, right, I'm going to write for the next five hours. I think it has to be a fact of life that Wi-Fi on a train is a contradiction in terms. There is yeah, every yeah. time I mean, they I say they've got bother. Wi-Fi, you try and not even into, bother. It's, it's rubbish. Exactly. <laughs> I don't even, I don't even bother anymore. Yeah. Uh, finally, Alistair, which book, if any, always cheers you up? Uh, I've got two. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you force me to have one, if you force me to have one, it's called The Clarets Chronicles, The Definitive History of Burnley Football Club, 1882 to 2007. By in Ray that case, Simpson. take two. Burnley Football yeah, Club historian. It's <laughs> got a record. The journey, the, the Tony Blair book. So it's got a record of every. <laughs> listen, you cannot not. My, we talked about living better before, right? Burnley is a very important part of this. That's true. That's true. Fair yeah. Enough. Now the other okay. one. It, the Go other on, one. The is, other one. Yeah. Yeah. It's called Trees, and it's a photo, a book of photography by Art Wolf, Trees Between Heaven and Earth, and it's one of the most beautiful books in the world. Is that why you regularly photograph trees yourself and put them on your Twitter? No. What happened, I started to do that, and then since then people have started sending me books about trees, and, and, and this is one of them. Ah. The, best ri- the best words book about trees, is, to my mind, is The Hidden Life of Trees by Peter uh, Vollleben, which I've also read in Auf Deutsch, I'll tell you. Um, but the, this photo, it's, it's, a, it's a giant coffee table book, and you can't, it's impossible to look at it without thinking... Oh, my God, the world is such a beautiful place. So that cheers you up. Uh, Alistair, we appreciate your time. Thank you very much indeed. Alistair Campbell, uh, his current book is Living Better, How I Learned to Survive Depression, and you can find the full interview with that uh, elsewhere, precisely where you found this podcast. Alistair, thank you for your time, and uh, we wish you all the best. All the best. You take care. Bye.